Yes, she is, ladies and gentlemen. So appealing, so dangerous, so lovely to look at. The darling of London, England, Miss Annie Laurie Starr. a lot of things, big things. I don't want to be afraid of life or anything else. I want a guy with spirit and guts. A guy who can laugh at anything, who'll do anything. A guy who can kick over the traces and win the world for me. Look, I don't want to look in that mirror and see nothing but a, a stick-up man staring back at me. You better kiss me goodbye, Bart. I won't be here when you get back. Come on, Bob. Let's finish it the way we started it, on the level. Welcome to the Cinemondo Podcast with Kathy, Mark, and Burke, talking about movies, horror, sci-fi, unusual, unknown, forgotten, underappreciated, always interesting. Are we still interesting? Yes, always. (laughs) Always interesting. Always. We are underappreciated also. Yes, underappreciated, forgotten. We're just describing ourselves. We only speak the the truth here. (laughs) That's pathetic. So, <laughs> what speaking the truth is pathetic? <laughs> the fact that we're forgotten and underappreciated and unknown and unusual and but just always stop. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Well, what are we going to talk about today, movie wise? Well, I think maybe this one's the origin of this episode might be in in my tastes in film because I like black and white old movies that that. Um, some people haven't um you know that people kind of reject in a way they kind of are you of, talking about us me and mark and kind if of, yeah you people <laughs> these people you, uh, who reject you less well, sophisticated types you know in our defense i would like to say that you know yes it's true that it's not my first choice but whenever you suggest a film like this and we watch it i'm always really glad i did and i'm like why don't i watch more of these well and particularly then i go right back to ooh, it's black and white anyway. but particularly about this film you know yeah. it's a black and white film from 1950 but other than you know, take away the cars and maybe some of the uh, the wardrobe it is a very modern picture it really is in the sense that these, the way these people talk and they're you know it's some of those things can feel dated and they sent you sense the uh, how old they are this could have been made yes you know it could have been made yesterday as far as the way they they're acting and what they're doing it's conceptually very, too yeah yeah it's very contemporary in in the, the attitudes of the people yeah so let's talk about it and before we talk about it i just want to remind people to check out our youtube channel 
if you haven't already. If you're actually watching this instead of just listening to our podcast, because we do both, subscribe. Please, please subscribe, comment, like. That's all I'm saying. Yes, we, we love getting that from you. So uh, yes, yeah, subscribe, like, and comment. And let and us yeah. know what you think about this cool kind of retro black and white idea. We're trying it. <laughs> we want to know. I think people should, I, I think people are going to like it because it's a, it's a movie. I mean, let me first say, I think we haven't mentioned the title of the film we're talking about is called Gun Crazy, which is one of the great it's titles crazy. of film noir. <laughs> Gun Crazy. <laughs> And it's um it's a it's a it's considered a film noir, which is a, you know a dark crime drama from a certain period of time that has a certain feel to it. There's um I mean there's a lot of daylight in this one, which is unusual. A lot of film noir stuff has the real cool people smoking cigarettes in the in the darkness with the Venetian blinds. That's how you imagine it. But this one um has John Dahl in it, and he's to me kind of not really a film noir type. He's not a Humphrey Bogart. He's mm -mm. he's almost like this kind of grinning, almost like a Jim Neighbors kind of guy. You yeah. know, he's like I this was gonna likable... say. Yeah, I was gonna say Jimmy Stewart has. A I was gonna Stewart say that vibe. that yeah. kind of every man, like nothing super special, just kind of your average guy. Yeah, and he's you, you like it. I mean, he seems like a nice guy, mm -hmm. and uh, which is which I think makes this movie more powerful because you see him get corrupted, which. You know, the corruption is a big part of film noir. You know, when people are lured into something against their best interests, you know, yeah. it's like, and you, you know, you as the viewer, you're saying, no, 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 don't, don't go there. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> but it's a, this is a classic, um, a classic example of that type of film noir where somebody makes horrible choices <laughs> with their life. And, but then again, you, as you're watching it, you're, you kind of, you kind of understand it's a Bonnie and Clyde kind of a situation. Yeah. Let's start. A, let's do a quick synopsis about what it is. You want to take us down that road, Mark? Well, it, briefly, it's about John Dahl's character's name is Bart. And he, uh, you, you see him as a young boy played by a young Russ Tamblin or Rusty Eat my shorts. Tamblin, as he's <laughs> is that what he says? <laughs> I caramba. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> oh no his father was homer uh but um <laughs> did i watch the right movie <laughs> but he, he he steals a gun uh you know from a hardware store so he's kind of like a juvie kid you know and his it's a his, great opening scene yeah, yeah. loved it and, and but he kind of strains himself out he go, goes in the military he comes out and he's got two friends and one of the th one of the things i like about this movie is there's a real relationship between him and his two childhood buddies who kind of hang out early on when they're kids and they're trying to shoot mountain lions, which I'm sure Kathy wasn't. Well, let me, let me just say the opening scene where he's shooting a baby chick. Yeah. That's the thing right. that I was of... like, okay, one close up of the dead baby chick was enough Two was like, come on. Yeah. So unfortunately, cause I have chickens and it was just sad to see it. But, but that's um, the defining scene. He redeemed him. Yes, it was. It was. That, and I love defines... that he felt bad. Yeah. Right. And right. that, that made it better. And then when he had a chance to shoot another animal and he refused. Yeah. So right. the I was able, I'm going to give it a little bit of a pass. <laughs> because, um, yeah, he, so you realize, okay, he really has feeling. He doesn't want to do this stuff. But then he uh, goes, to, goes to this Wild West show and <laughs> Peggy Cummins, who is an Irish actress who plays Annie, who is just this, you know, kind of classic, uh, you know. Um, Annie Laurie uh, star. 
Yeah, gun, gun, a gunslinger who's just incredible with, with, you know, does all these tricks with guns and yeah, fire, you know, sh- uh, lighting matches and doing kinds yeah. of crazy stuff. She was really funny. You could totally yeah. see that in a carnival, like this pew, 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 pew. Yeah, <laughs> it's like so funny. Right. This beautiful woman, like with guns, and she looked really cool in her little, her little cute cowboy outfit, you know. <laughs> yeah, and she's, she's, as we know, incredible in this film. I mean, yeah. she's really loved just, her. Like, She's just iconic you yes. know, as, as the femme fatale. And, you know, that's not like it was having a strong woman. I mean, granted, she was a criminal ultimately, <laughs> but having a strong woman like that, like she was the strong character. Like he was kind of like the passive character who kind of went along with her. There wasn't a ton of that in especially in American films to see a woman like that being in charge. And that's what I kind of enjoyed about it. It was kind of a nice instead of because we've watched a lot of these film noir and the women are so like, I'm so in love with you. I'll do yeah. anything for you. And you're just like, oh, my God, these women. And so like it was cool to see a woman who had her own ideas. Yeah, it was actually really cool. Well, and she's and she, also the sexual tens, tension between the two is so mm-hmm. like palpable. You know, she just yeah. has has him wrapped around, you know, her finger. Yeah. And so they meet and, you know, uh, there's a relationship starts, but then they, uh, they can't make money. They have some issues and they turn to a life of crime. Well, they and don't they- work. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. How about working? I don't know. Just saying. And that actually is one of my favorite lines in the movie. It's like, all these has happened because we didn't want to work. <laughs> yeah. But there's well, an interesting so- twist in the film. I mean, you know, spoilers for a 3000 year old film, but um <laughs> There, there is a funny thing. I always, when I watch this film, it always sort of strikes me as funny that their big heist that they pull off involves getting jobs. Yes. They have to Briefly. get jobs in this <laughs> yes. place. And it's almost like, why don't they just keep the job? <laughs> you solved your problem. <laughs> right. so they, funny. They both have jobs. Yeah. It was so good. And working at a, at a, at a meatpacking. Uh, yeah. Armor. Meat but pack. that's yeah. not, I mean, she, you know, she tells, she's got some great lines in this film. This movie is just filled with a great script, you know, mm. but there's one part where she's, she's basically given the, the classic femme fatale thing where she's telling him, look, I want things. I want a lot of things. I want expensive <laughs> things. And if you can't give them to me, I'm going to go away. You know, it's that kind right. of a gotta speed this up. Yeah, you're gonna lose me. And then she goes and lays down on the bed, and it's like, you know, and it's this great scene where he comes over to her, and then it it's close on her face, and then you don't know what he's doing, but then you realize he's kind of on top of her, you know. And it's this movie she's, is so. Doesn't she, say, doesn't she say something? Let's finish this the way we started on the level. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, and you know it's it's co it was written by McKinley Cantor and co-written by Millard Kaufman, who yeah. is a pseudonym for Dalton Trumbo. So Dalton yeah. Trumbo got this mm. script because the King brothers, who were sort of this you know classic low-budget Hollywood producers, and they would just produce all this poverty row stuff. They got Dalton Trumbo because he was involved in the whole you know uh, scare, the, the communist scare, blacklisted blacklist and so he wrote this under a pseudonym and he took the script and he made it what it is he brought in all that sexual tension some of those lines and he sort of really just you know turned the script on its ear and made it what it is yeah yeah it's a um it's a classic script i mean it's it's a simple script though it's not there's the um there's complexity to the characters but it's never um it never goes outside of a certain type of a crime drama that you see where the, where the people have these really basic instincts that they're following. There's like a whole, you know, 
obviously he is in love with her and enamored by her and will do anything she tells him to do. And a woman knows is, how to shoot. How can you not want to do anything she says? <laughs> she's in love with the with the adventure of crime. You know, she just and also she is ruthless. And there's a I mean, there's one line in there that I think it's so simple. It's like a simplified line where it's something like he I can't remember exactly the line, but he says something like, why do you have to kill people? Why can't you just let them stay alive? <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's like. And you do kind of wonder, like they could easily get out of these these situations they were in without killing people, but she just sort of like just shooting up the place and people and die. She, well, she, she says, says something why did you like, shoot she says, the guy? And she says, Because he would have shot me if he had a chance. Right. Like, because right. you just robbed him. <laughs> <laughs> right. She always had an answer to his, you know, like you know, obvious questions. Yeah. But you know what I liked about this too is like a lot of film noir is very set bound or some of the, but this one has a lot of stuff happening. Like yeah. you said, during the daytime outside, there's an in, very famous three minute or four minute scene that is shot is, is set in a town called uh, I think it's um, was it Milton? It's a Ham a Hampton, Hampton. Yeah. It's somewhere in the Midwest, but it's literally about a half of two blocks down from my house. Yeah. Here. Oh, that's funny. And so it's really fun to see that and see well, that, that the trees now that are these huge trees in the yes. shot of these small little trees. Anyway, you know, it's a three minute uninterrupted shot from the back of in the back seat of this car. And it's completely improv, you know, uh, ad lib dialogue by the two actors. And the actual car in real life was like a stretch Cadillac limo. So there was enough room for the camera to be on some sort of like little dolly and they move it around that way and enough people to be like three people in the back seat. But my, uh, Joseph H. Lewis was the director. And this is like way ahead of its time. I don't right. think yeah. this is like a Brian De Palma shot. From yeah. And when you watch it, it's like there's timing things like when they pull up in front of the place, he's like. They're looking around and you can tell that they're just shooting. They're just stealing the location, basically. But <laughs> what they probably had was that I, I figure they had somebody standing in a, in a parking space. And if somebody wanted to park, they would just go, no, you can't park here. Right. And when the car was coming, they had a walkie or something. And they said, OK, we're, we're turning left on uh, whatever. And so that person would move at the last minute. And so that there was a parking space in the right spot. And then the camera moves over so that you can see the front door of the bank. And then a police officer comes walking around the corner. And it's like you were saying, it's like a Brian De Palma kind of thing. And I think that really hadn't been done too much. I mean, Touch of Evil had that incredible opening scene and that was you know eight years later so, yeah um, yeah so but this is like i think and i think what happened was they had somebody in a car parked in that spot and as soon as they took a left on the honolulu avenue yeah. which is the main drag here they said okay he pulled out and then john Dahl says oh there's a car there's a parking you know. space yeah yeah so he pulls up and then the only other people that were involved everybody else was you know just regular townsfolk was the cop he's yeah. an actor but he's talking to two people that were not actors <laughs> and they had somebody in the in the bank saying, you know, you know, the bank obviously knew that this was happening. Yeah. So this as a real bank. That's so uh, they said, listen, we're going to come and do this thing. He's going to stand in here for a few minutes and do a couple of shots and leave. So the rest of it is just totally like, and you know, there's this in town here. They talk about how, yeah, that was people didn't know what the hell was going on. They thought it was a real bank robbery. Wow. <laughs> Cause he, she knocks the cop down, you know? Well, it's like I love a, that scene with her, with the cop trying to distract him. Yeah. It's hilarious. And of course, you know, she's using all of her womanly wiles to yeah. keep him interested. And then the classic, you know, right, right about here. Yep. Yeah. You go, down, you go down fast. Every Gone. time. 
It never works when I do it. <laughs> Every time they go, what? What did you just? Do? Why did you do that? You touch. Why you touch that? That is film shorthand classic one hundred and one. Get on with the scene. How do we? How do we get out of this? Okay, just a karate chop on the neck. That'll and he falls down. Everybody'll get it. It won't be too bad because the head's just awkward. Just hit him in the neck. <laughs> But you know, it, interestingly, that is a classic scene. That's like one of my favorite scenes in film yeah. noir. There's another classic scene in this one where they rob another place. And it's the shot. It's it's the classic shot. Like if you look up, if you Google, do a Google image search for gun crazy, you'll see them in these costumes, these long coats, and they got the sunglasses. <laughs> and they're running across the street with the guns, like right out in the middle of Brand Avenue, right? You know, a couple of miles that way and uh, you know that's the other thing about this movie if you live in los angeles or visit you know and you love film noir the, a lot of the locations in this film are still there and still look the same mm -hmm. and you know it's part it's a part of the of the, of the city that hasn't changed very much you know still kind of has a fall a small town vibe to certain parts of where they did the bank robbery that single shot thing but this one shot where they run out into the street and she runs across the street and there's a guy coming out and she's firing across, you know, like right out in the open, right out in the, in the broad daylight. And it's just this nightmare of a scene. Like, you know, the, you rob a bank and you're running away through the streets and there's people walking <laughs> and cars driving. And you feel like you really get the feeling like you were saying, Mark, that they were just stealing locations. They were, they just, set up their cameras and said, okay, you guys yeah. just run out. And if there's cars, don't get hit. <laughs> and they're running really fast. And it's, yeah. it's like, you feel like, you know, they're really kind of scared because they yeah. might get caught by a real policeman or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and then there's just, it's beautifully directed. I mean, there's yes. other stuff, you know, that the, the, uh, the climax is just really interestingly. Yeah. Shot. I love the, the Almost. misty swamp, yeah, you know, and it was yeah. really well Surreal. shot. You, he just hear, all the dogs around them and, and they're, you know, the shouting and it was very creepy and you, you can't, they can't see anything. And, and that's where all of a sudden he has sort of this realization, like, what did I do? It's like, why are we doing this? <laughs> we're looking, and I'm thinking, looking at it the whole time. I'm like, it's not easier just to work. I mean, the yeah. life did not look fun. I mean, did they get enough money to make it all worthwhile? It was like, and this is how it had to end, you know, in a, yeah. in a disgusting swamp surrounded by dogs and, and shot sheriffs, down you know? like well, Bonnie she, and Clyde. Well, she yeah. wanted to have a lot of money and he didn't have the ability to make a lot of money. So it was like that's so what that. they had is a lot of money where they all they could do is run away and hide the whole time. Right. <laughs> there yeah. was no life with all that money. Well, it, was, like, it was really fun. To quote Mr. Bernstein from Citizen Kane, there's no trick to making a lot of money if all you want is to make a lot of money. Yeah. But then the trick is staying alive if you choose a life of crime, you know. <laughs> and this has the um this also has the classic film noir trope in it, which I also love because you know it's coming. And it, when it happens, you're like, there it is. Um he has the talk with her where he's basically saying, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't mm -hmm. want to be on the run all the time. We need to just get out of this life and disappear yeah. into an anonymity and go away. And she says, yeah, we, we should, but we, to do that, we need some money. So we one need to do just job. one more job. The classic. <laughs> I like to where they do this big job and then it's like, we're going to have to separate. We can't yeah. see each other because they're looking for two people and they have one car going one way, one car going the other way. And they're like, bye, bye, honey. And they're, they're driving away. And then they both stop. And it's like, ah, 
<laughs> they so just jump in the car together. They can't I love help that. It. So I love that. good. Yeah. It's like and we're it's, not not gonna do it. <laughs> and it's beautifully shot. I love the stuff. It reminded me of model shop a little bit where the camera is behind. Yeah. And they're actually driving. Peggy Cummins is really yes. driving. I love seeing car. it too because this big car and you yeah, see him turning the steering wheel. <laughs> yeah. And so it's real stuff. Uh, I love the scene at the California border with the, the agricultural borders. I, I, I love that stuff. You yeah. Know, I think it's just mm-hmm. really cool. Uh, again, I'll go back to his, his uh, boyhood friends who at the end are, I think one's a cop and another one is, you know, a journalist, I think, right. Journalist. He works at the newspaper. Yeah. And they go to his sister's house in, in their hometown. And it's not like this hard boiled sort of, you know, come out here with your hands up. It's like, you know, they're very caring about their friend. Yeah. Yeah. And they want him to come on, listen, let, let's just end this. So yeah. it, it was really, there's some moments there that go, it feels a little bit more legit. It doesn't, it doesn't have all the tropes. It has well, I like what was the line. At the very beginning, when they see him falling for her, it just at the gun show, the very opening, you know, when he sees her at the carnival, they say something, that's a woman that, what is it? That's a woman that where it never ends well. Or he said something like <laughs> yes. that. So they knew right away that this yeah. was going to be bad. I don't think I knew how bad it was going to be, but yeah. they knew it was going to be bad. Well, obviously she's trouble. She works for the, for the circus, you know, or yeah. whatever it is. <laughs> she's a sharpshooter at a circus. Yeah. But mean, they, you know, one good. interesting, one interesting little thing that I've always noticed about this film is they kind of give away the, um, uh, there's something is sort of a giveaway at the beginning, which I thought was interesting psychologically is she comes out shooting and there's a shot where she points the, the gun right at the camera. And you assume that she's pointing it at John Dahl, like she's picked yeah. him, you know, and she fires it. So you realize, okay, the guns are just firing blanks. And plus she's just firing them up and it's not poking holes in the tent, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and the way they used to do those tricks back then is they would have an exploding cigarette, you know, they would have the right. person mm-hmm. holding the cigarette in their mouth would have a little trigger that would, that would go and blow it up so that you could just fire blanks at her and the cigarette mm-hmm. would blow up. Right. And they would, they had these mechanisms in the, in the backdrop that would push a little pin through and pop the balloon as the person fired. So there was, you know, it was a magic trick. It was, it was a scam of course, because they would sometimes get somebody out of the audience to stand there and the the performer would shoot the balloons around them. And you know, it's, they're not going to do that for real. So (laughs) that's kind of interesting because you get the impression that maybe she's not really a sharpshooter, but he is. And she almost, when he comes up there and uh, maybe they gave him they, when the person comes up to to uh, participate in the show, they give him a real gun so that only, so, you know, he wouldn't be able to do it. Right. But she would because she'd be using the tricks. And then she realizes, wow, this guy can really shoot. And that's Is why that she, for real, because uh, I got that she really was into guns and, and well, she was into a guns, real good sharpshooter. But I mean, I, I really thought she was really a sharpshooter. Is that not? But remember when she I shot at that? the guy outside the bank, she didn't kill him. They said, they well, I thought maybe she was doing that intentionally. Oh. No, I don't oh. know. Cause don't... you never in real, in the real, I guess they never really context, confirm. You never mm-hmm. get a confirmation that she's a great shot, but I, I don't like know. It was just a thought. Is. It was just a thought. I like that to I think had. she's really a sharpshooter. <laughs> yeah. And that, that was kind of her gimmick, like a woman who's good with guns. That was like a very novel yeah. back then, you know. And it didn't seem like the stuff she was doing was fake. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm a sucker. I'm just like uh, one of the people in the audience. I believed it. Well, the thing is, if her gun is fake, but then like, you know, John Dahl's character comes up with a real gun, but there's still, uh, you know, there's still somebody there holding whatever the cigarettes or something, right? So that I would, uh, unless there was something else. I mean, why would you get someone from the audience a real gun? My God, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. insane. 
I don't know, but it, it is an interesting thought that, you know, she probably said this guy can actually shoot. So he, he can be helpful for this me is, to escape this, this is, life. Yeah. Yeah. The whole point of her being in that show That's is to true. find a sharpshooter, you know, that can, that she can uh, then pull into her life of uh, I want things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, we it's, all want things. We just don't have to kill people to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Peggy Cummins is great. I mean, she's like I said, she's, she's Irish. So this is uh, her last so uh, in a Hollywood film, I think. After really, she uh, moved back to uh, the UK and made oh. films there. Oh yeah, yeah. But this, uh, but this was her last uh, Hollywood film. I think you know she was kind of just dis disgusted with it or whatever. Why would you be disgusted like, oh. with Hollywood? It's awesome. <laughs> Everybody's so nice here. Yeah, it's very supportive creatively. <laughs> but she made her mark on that film. I mean, it's yeah. like sure did. She really is something. Yeah. And, uh, and John Dahl is really well made. The, everything about it is good. You know, the writing, the direction, it's, it's one of those you can watch over and over again and find things in it that are like really interesting. Yeah. And, and like you were saying, stylish, stylistically, uh, it's a very stylish film. You can tell it's low budget. You know, somebody used the term poverty row. I think it actually qualifies as sort of a poverty row crime drama, you know, like a, a cheap noir. And, you get the idea that a lot of the things that we love about this film are because of the low budget, you know, the, the, like the shooting on locations and the likelihood that they stole a lot of those locations. Like they went yeah. and shot in the streets and drove through the streets without paying for permits or, you know, uh, you know, police blocking the traffic. They probably just interacted with real traffic and real pedestrians yeah. and, that like you were saying the improvised dialogue in some scenes that that made it seem more realistic the the fact that they're when they're driving to this bank robbery and they're they're looking around and he's basically saying you know watch out there's somebody walking over here and oh watch out for that rock you know and <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and it, it's the kind of stuff that you say in real life but you wouldn't necessarily write that into a script you know you right, wouldn't right. that wouldn't be part of the screenplay like oh watch out for that guy or oh yeah. there's a rock yeah. you know yeah and um, we've watched a lot of these now. Like we've watched uh, a few of these that we've done podcasts about. I say this is probably one of the more stylish, like it felt very action packed. And like you said, the daylight was interesting. Cause you think film noir, it's all going to be these dark alleyways. And it was so not that. Yeah. And like, that's what I liked about it. Is it felt very unique in all of the stuff we've seen. I loved it's bright light. It's, you know, stolen locations, the, the shots of cars driving and you know, being behind the wheel. And, and just, it just had a really like, just filled in sort of modern day feel to it. It almost, I mean, people would kill, literally kill with guns <laughs> to make a film like this today and make it feel authentic like this. I mean, yeah. I feel like this, this movie is almost a template. And I know they said that a lot of French directors love this film and they've kind of cribbed from it. Um, and I can see why, because it did have a sort of European like vibe to me. Like that shot you were talking about with them in the long coats and they're in the street gun. That yeah. looked like a foreign film to me, like an old French film. It's like crazy. breathless, you know, breathless yep. was, uh, yeah, the French, I mean, the, the term film noir is French because the French mm -hmm. the French film critics were taking these things seriously, you know, before yeah. Americans were, I mean, they were just sort of throwaway crime dramas that were made. I think, you know, there's argument, but, um, some people say that the reason they are so dark is because they were able to get away with not having a whole lot of set dressing just make it dark sure. back there and we don't have to rent more yeah. furniture you know and probably easier to steal locations in the middle of the night and not a lot of people around you know just do that <laughs> a lot of it and makes sense in a production crime, standpoint crime dramas are basically people and yeah. you know the, there's no uh 
you know, with other kinds of films, you know, if you have period dramas, you have to get mm -hmm. everybody dressed in the period clothes and the period yeah. vehicles and whatever. But crime, crime dramas, crime, of course, provides a lot of drama and you set it in the present day of when it was filmed and you're basically, you don't have to buy or rent anything. You know, you could almost no. use the clothes that the people were wearing when they showed yeah. up for work. <laughs> and uh, sometimes they did, you know, there were some, there's some films where they're like, you know, they didn't have wardrobe department. We just, I just wore clothes and sure. that's what that's what i was in when i just filming. wore clothes <laughs> <laughs> i wore like clothes you, i got to be in a movie yeah <laughs> I, I think the what elevates this is like you said it's all it's stealing locations but ingenious shots like I, i'll go back to the three minute shot where she gets you know he gets out of the car hmm. and then she has to get out of the car because the cop walks up to her you know yeah, yeah. so the camera pulls kind of pushes forward between the two front seats and then does this nice turn to the right seamless and yeah. it, you get to see everything then it comes back and goes back i mean that is a hard yeah. thing to pull off if you don't have a lot of money so they probably they jury rigged something to yeah. make it work they got some you know two by fours and whatever and they did something and that's it that's sets it apart from other films because they especially with the, to do that it'd be so easy to do now but back then the cameras were you know a, a ton of metal and it took yeah. four guys to carry and they had to put them on you know, they had them on these dolly things yeah. and I'm sure there was some kind of contraption in the back that had a, I wish there was a picture of that. Like how, yeah. what well, it looked I, like. Again, it was a stretch. I mean, I know it was a stretch limo and they, it was some, took all the seats out. Little yeah. Took the seats out and they did some sort of yeah. dolly with wood and they just sort of, and then they just sort of pushed it so forward funny. and turned yeah. the camera and got the shot, then turned it back and pushed it back. See, now you can just take off. your phone and go, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, we're so to put the time and effort and say, hey, we don't have a lot yeah. of money, but we're going to do yeah. it this way. We're not going to just do a shot and cut away to a shot and cut back. We're going to do so easy to do one that. three yeah. minute, yep. 30 second shot. And we're going to figure we're going to do it until it's right. Yeah. I'm not right. sure how many takes they had to do before they got it. Maybe they did that in the first one. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. But it's also, it's the thing after they do the, the robbery there in that shot, um, you know, he jumps back in the car and now he's driving, right? Doesn't he? He's driving he and mm -hmm. they take off and uh, turn the corner and there's yeah. other cars come in and they have to stop. <laughs> and, and they're, they're doing that improvised dialogue. Like, is anybody following us? And she's looking behind him and she's got this look on her face. Like she is <laughs> hoping somebody's following them. She's yeah. got her gun. She's like, she's got this look on her face. Like, like a bloodlust. Yeah. yeah and the camera was... and the camera camera does a close up closes in on her face, shows her eyes and her smile, you know, she's super smile. excited. And then she just loves backs it. Away. She's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah and then sweet. they turn back in onto the tree lined road there yeah. that they started on. Pretty so the good. route that they take is like this straight and then they turn, they go to the bank and then they go back around this way and they go back around. Um, I mapped it out actually. Remember, I think I was, I, when uh, yeah. I, when you, moved into your neighborhood you live very close to where that took I, place. i've actually done it a couple of times yeah I, I you know a future shortcut might be actually just sort that of that would be good again. yeah we should sort do of, that you somehow, can cut somehow. back and forth yeah yeah so <laughs> that'd be awesome. some actors yeah so anyway that'll be no fun no just you walk down the street and they cut in a shot <laughs> oh that would be fun. <laughs> or do a side sure by side, like you know, try to do it at oh, the same yeah. the same time that's and, what i want to do and use the same dialogue watch out for that rock yeah <laughs> It's so good. Oh, okay, look for it, you guys. Keep an eye on our YouTube channel for this video Mark's about to make. 
<laughs> I, I want to do it. I really do. He's going to do it. We're going to make him do it. Because it'd be cool that that was 1950 or 49, I think, you know, when they were shot it. And now we get to see yeah. it today's world, you know, what it looks yeah. like today. Kind of cool. That's right. It's a lot the same. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, I definitely recommend film. Gun Crazy to people. And and if you know, even if you're like, ooh, it's an old movie, it's like, nah, man, you need to watch it. It's so much cooler than just old movie. I mean, it's really fun. Well, at their best, older films are, you know, sort of inform modern films in so many ways because yeah. so many people who make films love old films because of what they did on their budgets, you know, what they did with what they had. And they had a lot less technology than we have now. They were it's so primitive what they had back then. It's amazing. And now, you know, you can edit and, and do music and sound and sound design and whatever. You can do that in your house. Now you can do that right here on your computer, but back doing then, it right now, yeah. <laughs> but back in those days, there were so many limits. And so because of those limits, um, the filmmakers had to use, I mean, they had to, it, it, the story had to be right on. The performances had to be right on that everything else besides the technology had to be perfect. And in so many of those films, people, you know, classic filmmakers that we all love now, like Martin Scorsese and all the all the others, um, you know, Quentin Tarantino, everybody who makes films loves old films because of what yep. they did with what they had That's right. and how they told stories because they were kind of on uh, the early early days of film they had to invent how to tell story with a camera and by the time the 40s came along it had been sort of perfected in a way there's still when you look at the 20s films and 30s films in some ways there's still a little those are the kind of films that i think pe put people off because the timing the pacing yeah the, the style of the camera work wasn't always um, as sharp as it got in the forties, but something happened in the forties. And I think um, people kind of figured out how to, how to tell stories, the pacing and the, and the, it's almost like music, like, like jazz music was happening in the, in the forties and you could cut here and cut there. And people started realizing how quickly you can cut and how fast it, it, you can cut before it becomes disorienting. So the forties to me is, is like prime um, for a lot of the film. There's still bad films, of course, but so many films from the forties and fifties were, are studied by filmmakers to this day. Yeah, definitely. And this one is, this one is one of them. So gun crazy. It's available streaming. You can watch it 90 mm -hmm. minutes and you will be glad you did. I'm you will. You. I loved it. I loved it. It was great. I, love it I loved too. it too. I've seen it so it. many times and now I want to watch it again now that we've been. <laughs> and it's a hard sell for me and I hate to be one of those people, but I am. And I loved it. And I always end up loving them because, you know, I'm just being close minded. <laughs> well, I actually, because I like that, I said, I'm going to watch another one. So I watched yeah. this other film noir called Detour, which was from 1945 and another real low budget film, but yep. really incredibly well directed and great acting by uh, Anne Savage yeah. and John, I think his name is Tom Neal. Yeah, anyway, it's, yeah, it's a, oh, another, we have another film noir it's, podcast. It's, check it out. That's really like, uh, it's like an hour long and it's just, it's really intense. 
it's really tight good. and it's weird and it's and and savage lives up to her name in this film oh, she's, she's so great amazing i mean she's if you like, like Peggy Cummins, Cummins, crazy yeah but, but even more snarling yeah. even more intense and like she just wow she's intense she's great that's but funny. when we talk about detour we should do an episode about detour that's what yeah. we can really get into yeah that's a classic story i feel like that could have been written by richard matheson or something you know yeah and yeah. but the um the interesting thing about that movie, if if our our friends uh, listening are going to uh, take up this challenge, watch <laughs> it and then listen to the podcast that we will do about it. And then comment that you did it so we can get credit and yeah. get a gold star for doing exactly. it. Exactly. We get, we get $100 for every time somebody watches a movie we read. Yes. yes. <laughs> God. Oh, God. If only that were true. But... Um, but one thing I think when you're watching Detour, you've probably seen it before, you know, if you if you like um, these kind of movies, it's classic. But one thing to think about in terms of of um, gun crazy, she's a bad she's a bad girl, right? Very <laughs> just a bad girl. She's and bad. he is a good guy. He's he's the guy that gets um, pulled he's down. He's a sucker. The, yeah. yeah, he's the sucker, but he's got a heart of gold and, it, mm -hmm. and his his bad choices get the better of him. No moral backbone. They would they call them <laughs> patsies back in those days, I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Term, but in patsy. Detour, we're supposed to kind of believe the same thing that this guy is sort of down on his luck, though he's a he's down on his luck and he comes across this horrible woman who exploits him and takes advantage of him. But one interesting thing, once you think about this and you watch the film, you can watch it two different ways. Um watch it from the point of view of her, from from Anne Savage's point of view. Her character gets picked up by a by a guy she's hitchhiking she gets picked up by the guy and he tries to take advantage of her so she gets you know gets away from him and then later when tom neal picks her up what she sees clearly is that he has murdered this guy and stolen right. his car and his identity uh. so she from her point of view to the two guys that she encounters on her trip to la are these horrible, you know, a rapist and a murderer. Right. So no wonder she's acts like that. No wonder she's yeah, so, and yeah. savage. That's a good point. Know? That's a really <laughs> good point. Yeah. yeah. So I've always thought about her as being kind of like a sad character in that, you know, even though she's considered to be this ruthless femme fatale. But when so you watch that's a that dual movie, challenge for you guys, it's like watch detour, then watch it again. Yeah. From the point of view of the woman, then tell us what you think of detour. So you I'm have to right. watch it twice. We yeah. challenge you. Yes. And tell me if I'm right in the comments. You know, tell me if if no, she's just bad. Yeah, she's just really <laughs> calm femme fatales for reason, people. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about that more if we do a, a detour because that's worth. Yeah, we should. About. Yeah. We should yeah. do it definitely. Detour's but classic. um, but, but gun crazy definitely worth the watch. Definitely fun, and and I I don't think anyone would regret watching it. Absolutely, I agree 100. No. percent Really fun. Film, very modern. If you like the 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 medium of film, you're gonna like gun crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well built over, film. Yeah. And don't forget to like us. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Please like us, like us subscribe like and comment. We really, we really appreciate it. It means a lot to us if you do that. And, and of course, watching this and listening. So uh, as always, uh, thanks very much for doing it. And we'll yeah. be back. Us, another one. Ask us if you can ask us for stickers. We yeah. have a sticker of the cool um, little thing that is on the screen. That's right. And we also have other like hologram stickers. So if you like stickers and you subscribe to our YouTube channel, we're gonna we're gonna do another um, 
drive where the next hundred people who subscribe to our YouTube channel get stickers. So <laughs> be sure and you know, write to the email on our underneath this this uh, video and you will get stickers. Yes. If you want to send us your address if you trust us after seeing this movie. <laughs> Yeah, send us our address to that email, and then we'll we'll definitely get it out to you. We'll definitely, we definitely will. We will not stock you. No, no. I, I won't. I don't know about. I sure. won't. I don't want to. <laughs> We're not sure about Burke. <laughs> Burke's a wild card, but you know, you can roll the dice. <laughs> uh, gosh, All right. Well, thanks very much for watching and listening, and uh, we really appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Cinemondo signing off. <laughs> <laughs>